Hey everybody, Joel Johnson here with the Rainmaker Evolution podcast. For the middle of the summer, um, for those of you that were in Miami on the AE incentive trip, I hope you had a great time. Um, I thought it was pretty darn cool. Smaller group than usual, but it was kind of nice. I got a few minutes to spend um, with a lot of folks down there and uh, had some great conversations. Uh, Today, I want to talk about something that um, we're actually going through a decision on this in my firm, and I'll share a little bit of that with you. Um, But I also think, based on some conversations and some decisions of those of you that are in my Rainmaker coaching group, um, the way you approach decisions, I want to just challenge you in in where price is on your priority list. So this is called price versus time and uncertainty. Price versus time and uncertainty. And I'm just going to talk through three examples of where many times we focus on price as advisors and uh, challenge you. I'm not telling you not to focus on price, but I'm just challenging you into um, thinking about what cost do you really pay when you make a decision driven by price. And so let me just give you a little background of where I'm coming from on this. Um, One of the things I learned a long time ago from a couple of my coaches was that a price should not be at the top of your list. Um, What you're really looking for is a certain result, and you're looking for that result with the least amount of uncertainty, with the least amount of hassle or work on your part, and with the least amount of stress uh, on your company. And if you can pay sometimes a little bit more to get the result without getting your team involved and and without you going through a lot of stress, then it's worth paying that extra price. See, sometimes we just focus on price as far as the dollars or the size of the check we have to write, and we don't factor in um, the the, uh, time it might take us to learn a new system or uh, the factoring in the slowing down of the team, uh, the uncertainty, the number of balls that can be dropped in different areas and so on. So let me just walk this through in, in, in a few different areas, and I think you'll get my point. Let's talk for a minute about direct mail and particularly seminar invitations. Um, When we make a decision on what to use as a seminar invitation, and please don't call and get all caught up in who we use. That's not what this conversation is about. Um, But this is about how we decide who to use. Um, We want a certain result. I really couldn't care less whether we pay 80 cents for a seminar invitation, whether we pay 60 cents, or whether we pay 70 cents but every third mailer or every fourth mailer is free. That is not, that's a priority for me if everything else is equal, but what we've found is everything else is not equal. What I simply want is I want a room full of prospects. And when I say a room full of prospects, I want 40 to 50 to maybe even 60 prospects at a seminar. And so I would if we're mailing out 12,000 invitations, let's just say I have to pay an extra 20 cents a piece. Let's say there's invitation A and invitation B. And invitation A costs me 60 cents and invitation B costs me 80 cents. That is not, some of you are thinking, well, gee, it's 25% less. No, it's not. The result, what's the result I'm going to get? If I'm going to get more people and I mail out 10,000, it costs me an extra $2,000 to mail out 10,000 invitations because one company is 20 cents more, but I get five or 10 more prospects, I'm a winner. I know if I get 10 extra prospects in the room, I'm going to get six or seven of them to come in for an appointment or sign up for an appointment. I'm going to get at least one new client, and one new client is worth ten dollars to $12,000 for me. Who cares if I spend an extra $2,000 on an invitation? And so, so many of you get caught up 
on this price thing. Oh, gee, it must be better because it's cheaper. You know, if I do radio and it only and it's free versus paying a consultant, then it must be better. It's not better. It's the result. Focus on the result that you want. So, and this is not meant to say change your invitation company. That's not the point. Please be mature enough. You know, I've been with you long enough now that you know I talk a lot about business maturity. Um, don't get lost in the weeds here about, oh, what invitation company is Joel using? That's not the point. The point is we're looking at a result, and don't care so much what you pay for the results. Some of you are losing out on huge opportunity because you think cheapest is better. Um, we can apply that to the college uh, teaching program, Retirement Elevated, versus whatever else is out there for free. We can apply that to money management. We can apply it to hiring employees. We can apply it to so many different areas. So um, that's just a little thing on price. Let's talk about CRM systems. Um, so CRM system, we use a pretty sophisticated CRM system called Salesforce. It is extremely expensive. It's probably the most expensive system I could find out there. We are not changing, uh, period. And the reason we're not changing is, is two reasons. One is... Um, you know how much marketing we do. We have thousands, tens of thousands of names into Salesforce, and um, and uh, I don't mind paying that cost because my staff knows Salesforce and so on. Now, if you are in office with AE and you have looked at their new CRM system, it is awesome. It's fantastic. If it was around 12 years ago when we made a Salesforce decision, we probably wouldn't have used Salesforce. We probably would have used the AECRM or at least waited until the pilot is done to consider CRM. But now that we're in Salesforce, if I was to go from Salesforce to the CRM, the amount of time it would take my staff to do a switchover, the amount of time, you know, it's easy for somebody to say, oh, it integrates. Every software company tells you it integrates. Yes, it integrates, but there's always glitches. And so now my staff has to learn a new system. We've got to learn how to run new reports. We might find out that it doesn't capture the data quite in the same way we're used to. So there's a learning curve, and I don't want to slow down as a firm. Um, we're, our revenues are up 65% through the end of July this year. The last thing I want to do is try to save $25,000 a year and lose that momentum we have. So uh, with CRM systems, I think ease of use is really important, which is awesome what I saw with the AE system. And again, if we were starting fresh, or if I was a small office, maybe one producer with um, some support staff, or maybe one producer and a junior producer with some support staff, I would seriously look at using the CRM system with AE. But I'm not going to make a change because of price. Price just is not important to me. It's the result. I want the result. What's the result I want with CRM? I want to be able to look at my data and find patterns in my marketing results. I want my um, I want my staff to be able to interface uh, with the data. I want them to be able to easily record client information. I love it that I have, what, 21 people now that all use Salesforce and they're used to it. And if we were to start a new learning curve, there would be a cost to that. So it's not all, I guess the point I'm making here is it's not all about the check you write. There's other costs that you need to factor in, okay? Let's talk about money management, and I'm going to give you a little insight into our firm here because this is a decision we are being faced with right now. Uh, right now, if you are managing money, if you're your own RIA, you have to make some decisions. You have to make a decision about where to custody your money. You have to make a decision about how are you going to do your billing. 
you have to make a decision about how you're going to do your trading. And then you have what is called reconciliation or reporting, which is making sure the trades were done properly, that all the accounts are being reconciled properly at the custodian, and that you can create some kind of performance reporting so you can monitor your portfolios. Okay. Oh, and I guess the fifth thing is you've got to decide who's going to run the money. Um, are you going to choose an outside money manager like Global or um, or um, uh, some other money manager, maybe capital group companies or Oppenheimer or J.P. Morgan, or are you going to manage it in-house? Well, we use an outside firm right now to do our billing, our trading, and our reconciliation. They even open up our accounts at our custodian. Um, we pay a certain price for that. We pay about 15 basis points for that, which at our level of money management is about 300 grand a year, 25,000 a month. It's getting to be very big. When we started with them, we needed them. They sort of taught us the business. So we started at dollar zero. Now we've got to make a decision. Is it worth paying 300 grand and having all that stuff taken care of? Or do we, and by the way, that's 300 grand on, you know, we're billing on about a million, we're getting about a million five and, and a million eight in billing per year on our managed money. So you can kind of put that into perspective. Or is it worth it bringing all that in-house? Now, if we brought it in-house, our pure cost or the check I write to an outside firm, because we'd still need somebody like Orion, for instance, or InvestNet, the check I would write to that outside firm would probably be somewhere around 100 to 120 grand. But I would then have to have in-house somebody do the trading. Um, I can't have only one person do the trading because what if that person's out sick? So I've got to have two people that are able to do that. I've got to have somebody do the billing. We want to bill on a monthly basis. We like the cash flow, the way it works out monthly. Um, we want to do the reconciliation and the reporting. We've got to have all that. So I probably need not two full-time people doing that because it's not going to take that much time, but at least two people that are available to do that in addition to their other jobs. So what's my cost? Well, it's not really 300000 versus 100000 It's probably 300000 versus, oh, let's say 180 because I'm going to have two high-quality but maybe uh, part-time people. So let's say they're, they're part... Uh, Excuse me. I'm going to have two high-quality people, but half their time is spent working on that. So let's say it's another 80 grand for the time delegated by two employees to that. So is it is it really 180 grand versus 300 grand? Is it really? No, it's not, because there's a learning curve. There's now the liability that I brought upon myself instead of being able to rely on an outside firm that manages about 2.6 billion and does this for other advisors all over the country. Um, they have a staff of five people. Now I would be bringing all that in-house. I no longer have somebody to rely upon to fix trading problems, to have more leverage than I might have with our custodian and things like that. So that's a real dilemma that we're in right now. Uh, the bottom line is I think if we were looking out two years from now, I could say, well, we ought to make a move if the move was already done. But what's it going to cost me to make that move to bring those functions in-house? We open about... Um, we probably do 60 pieces of business a week, 60 separate pieces of business a week here at our firm. Is it going to slow me down? Are we going to have glitches? Is a company going to promise me something that they don't deliver, and that's going to cause a lot of uncertainty? I don't know, so there's a little bit of a fear factor here. But this is where um, I'm at with uh, the outsourcing of the money management and the reporting and so on that we do right now. And do I want to bring that in-house? Would it really save me money? If I was able to save, let's just say I was able to save $200,000 a year bringing that in-house. $200,000 sounds like a lot of money, doesn't it? $200,000 this year will only be about 2% of our revenues. 
And so is it worth the hassle to save the 2%? Well, maybe yes, maybe no. And I haven't made this decision. And we're putting pressure on our outsized, outsized sourced firm to deliver some better results to us that we think we can get if we switched. But we're giving them an opportunity. We're totally honest with them. We're saying we're thinking of switching. It's not just about price. It's about the results you guys to deliver and the ease it is working with you. And ease of working with a company is really important to me. And so we're letting them know that, and we're letting them have some time to, to develop this issue. So just to give you a little insight on a, on a decision that we're making here at the firm. So guys and women, here's what I want you to hear. Price is not always the cost. You've got to measure price with what's it going to cost me an extra time and uncertainty to my practice and possibly a mental distraction that's going to take me off of my game, which should be marketing and selling. Every one of you should be marketing and selling, marketing and selling, marketing and selling. What's it going to cost if you make some of these changes to marketing and selling? I heard an advisor uh, down in Miami I was talking to that does money management saying, well, we don't want to pay that extra, I think it was $22,000 to get X, Y, and Z. We'd rather do that in-house. And in my opinion, I wouldn't do it that way. I would do it another way. I would pay the extra $22,000 to get the example that he was mentioning to me because I think it would be well worth it. So... Uh, little insight. I hope you're not too driven by price. Uh, many times the lowest price really costs us the most in the long run. That's not saying you should overpay. I just want you to rethink this price issue. I did a survey with you in Chicago and I asked a question and that question um, was a trick question for you. I wanted to see how many of you think price first and I was actually pretty proud because only about um, half of you didn't think price at all. You thought value right away. Um, but there were a number of you, I would say about 25%, that wrote some comments that let me think that you're too focused on price. As long as you keep thinking small, you're not going to be able to double and triple your business every three years. Um, but you can double and triple your business every three years if you focus on the right thing. And sometimes the price, paying a higher price, means you're investing more money in your firm. So hopefully this helps. Uh, I feel like I'm beginning to ramble, so I'm going to shut it off right now. Um, but don't consider the check you're right the only cost remember the time the uncertainty the inconvenience somebody learning a new process sometimes it's better to stay with your app and always measure price uh, against gross revenues of your firm and find out if you're making too big of a deal out of too small of a decision with that said um, keep your eye out and your ears open for more podcasts. You've also got a video. If you haven't watched it, please watch that video again. It's a reminder of some things. You've got to do some homework before this last Rainmaker meeting in Dallas, um, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be well worth it. And if you don't do the homework, I still want you to show up. Um, but you will get more benefit if you at least do your best to get some numbers together. Two of those numbers can be taken right off your tax return, so it should not be that hard to get. And um, so uh, with that, it's Joel Johnson signing out. I appreciate each and every one of you listening to this, and I look forward to seeing you in Dallas.